Welcome back to the latest edition of the Red Bear Report. I am your co-host and COVID at Sports Editor, Jake Summersheim. And with me, I have the wheezing Jake Fogel. How's it going, Fogel? I, I don't really approve of that introduction, but I guess it's not a false narrative. Uh, wheezing a little bit. I'm, I'm more of just broken. It's been a heck of a week. Messed up hand, right hand, not lefty. I'm not even a lefty. Uh, messed up back. Messed up mind. It's it's Thursday, though. It is Thursday. So, uh, About so. to go to Chicago. Are you excited for the ICPAs? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've never been on a train, and we're taking a train <laughs> up there. So i got to find where the train station is. But uh, but I'll, I'll eventually get there. Yeah, but we got a lot of... A lot of Illinois State Athletics to talk about. Men's basketball not playing so hot once again. Three straight losing streak. Women's basketball also hitting a bit of a rut. Uh, plus some not-so-great play from softball and baseball over the weekend. We're just not playing well. ISU is not playing well right now. And the epitome of it all is the men's basketball team. Lost to Valparaiso, 65-62, to after leading by, I believe, 17 at the half, and then once again having a halftime lead, and they're just coming out and getting beat by 15 by Loyola last night, 84-69. to What did you see from the Redbirds last night, Fogel? Last night? Um, last, ti- last night I saw a team uh, – I saw actually Dan Muller make a really good adjustment in the first half, uh, switching to zone defense after uh, the Ramblers made an 11-0 run, which is Redbird-esque, as I would say. But, uh, no, Illinois State was leading by four after the first half, which they kind of did this against Northern Iowa. They were up, I think, nine. It's about four minutes ago. They, I mean, they were mm. down six heading into the half. But... Uh, <coughs> DJ Horn had 12 points in the first half. Uh, Antonio Reeves, Reeves had nine, I think. But Horn finished with 15 points, and Reeves finished with uh, 12. So those two made a combined six points in the second half. I mean, I feel like this happened against uh, Valpo with Horn. Like, Horn Horn is a good guy out of the gates, but where is he at in the second half? Like, I, this kid's going to be good. Like, I think we can all see it. This kid has a ton of potential. And he doesn't have to be the best player on the team now. I mean, that's for Zach Copeland, J.C. Hillsman, or Keith Swisher to fight over. But uh, I, I see a lot of potential, and that's really what I'm taking away from this game because this season's over. <laughs> that's that's how I'm looking at it. The Redbirds have had way too many opportunities. They actually should have won their last uh I, I'm not saying they should have won last night because the Ramblers are a really good team, but they had an ample chance to win their last three games before that. They did beat Indiana State. They fell to Northern Iowa, but they shouldn't have lost that game because they, they contained A.J. Green well enough to be able to win. And then against Valpo, what you mentioned. Valpo, they only scored 19 second-half points. That's a... Uh... That's pretty gnarly. Sorry, I'm wheezing over here, but um, I I was at that game, and I told you after they scored 43 in the first half, I'm not going to be shocked if this falls apart and they don't yeah. score 65. <laughs> and they scored 62, and the, <laughs> or, uh, the Crusaders scored 65. So maybe I jinxed them. 
I don't know that you can blame me for that loss, possibly, but you can also blame. I'm uh, just gonna blame Javon Liberty. Yeah, Javon Liberty went off. He ended up winning MVC Player of the Week. He, I think he had uh, 19 of his 25 points in that second half, and it was just mainly on driving layups. In that last play of the game, where uh, Freeman picked that pocket of Zach Copeland and just drove him for a layup with five seconds left. Everybody left the arena at that point. Like yeah. everybody's just packing up and going. There's still five seconds left in the game. The Redbirds could have tied it. This, they were done, and they were, they were mad, rightfully so. <laughs> and I mean, I it could be up there one of Dan Miller's worst losses in his career. I mean, he didn't have much to play for at this point, but that no reason they should have lost that game and. I even thought with the, they had the 1,000-point scores in ICU history there. Yeah. Saturday night. What a horrible display for them to see. Awful. They already knew this team wasn't good, and they know there aren't always going to be good teams. But, I mean, come on, dude. You had Doug Collins in the building. ISU, probably the best ISU player to ever, ever. play. That's undoubted. But to have that performance in the second half, they went – Scoreless for seven minutes and ten seconds. Midway through, scored 19 points. This team had a chance to build momentum heading into Arch Madness. They're going to be the nine seed. They're, they're, they're going to be the they nine seed. They could be the ten seed. But they could be the ten in. seed. They're not going to move any higher than the nine. So they're playing yeah. on Thursday, and uh, I'm not going to be shocked if they're done on Thursday. They will likely be done on Thursday. Last night... Let's talk about last night a little bit. Um, Loyola, they did something they don't normally do. They made a ton of threes, 12 threes. Uh, season average is five. But this is the second time they've gone off from three-point range against the Redbirds. The Redbirds have been making them try to shoot threes, which obviously are not the team, but they've done it. They've been able to respond to the Redbirds' defense and make those threes, which is telling about the Red how poor the Redbirds' defense has been as of late. I mean, I wasn't necessarily shocked to see it start to go, but the Redbirds have played defensively well against Cameron Crotwick this season. They held them to seven points the first time around when they came to normal and 13 points this time, but he did have 11 rebounds. They struggled on the boards, but, I mean, they weren't supposed to win this game. Nobody really had them pegged two, but the Redbirds might be the best team in the Valley at – uh, giving hope and then taking it away so abruptly. Like, it's just that Valpo game really uh, set set the standard, I think. But I tried to say mention this earlier. The, uh, they had so many opportunities to build momentum heading into Arch Madness, to be that wild card team, to be the team that could create some uncertainty, possibly an upset. This, I don't know. I'm I'm just speechless. Like I'm just I'm sad for ISU fans because they've had to witness this. And Dan Muller, like he he has never had a losing season before this, even in his time as a player, I believe, if that's correct. But that's a lot. Like they were mentioning last night, last time the Birds made the NCAA tournament, Dan Muller was on the team. He feels like it's his goal to bring this team back. But I mean, every team is gonna go through losing stints, but. I mean, this just seems worse than that. 
So far this season, the Redbirds rank ninth in scoring offense, averaging 66 points a game, only below Southern Illinois. Which to see Southern Illinois as the worst score in the co- in the conference is very interesting, considering yeah. I, they're they're around what third or fourth. And then also ISU gives up the third most points a game at 70.7 in the Valley. That does not bode well for for conference play, for for Arch Madness. Who do we? Who does ISU have to play to move on after Thursday? Indiana State? Are they going to have to? Is that that's undecided? Because like from the five to eight spots, it's like a tie right now. Yeah, I'm saying seven. I'm saying whoever how it shakes out. Who could the Redbirds beat? Like in that first day term, Indiana State maybe. It's on a neutral court. That Indiana State beat us on their home court earlier this season. We're not going to beat Missouri State. I would. No. There's no way that's going to happen. But uh, we probably won't beat Val. They probably will not beat Valpo. Valpo, honestly, might be the choice I'd want to take, even with Javon, because we did leave lead at 17 at one point in that game. Learn from your mistakes, and I mean capitalize on them. But everybody else we played, Indiana State. <laughs> messed with us at, on their home court. I don't know the yeah. exact score of that game. That was a while back, but we handled them. We didn't handle them, but, I mean, we, we won that game yeah. pretty, pretty outright. Yeah. But as I'm looking here, like, I wouldn't mind Drake, but I know we're going to get out-rebounded by Drake at an immense rate. Yeah, we'll but, see how that goes this Saturday. Is, yeah, if that game is coming up this Saturday, me and Jake are going to be missing it, but – uh Due to being in Chicago, but we're we gonna, gotta, we'll we, still be looking at it. But we got uh, Alfonso Cerna and Ken Canoon on the coverage this weekend. I I mean I think that's their first coverage of the year for men. Yeah, for men's. Yeah. They've, been, they've been touching. Uh, they've been touching up women's basketball. And they've been covering it very well, so we're giving them the shot. But um, well deserved as well. But. I don't know the exact – I think it's five road wins over the last three years. You've told me this before. Five road wins for the Redbirds? Yes. And zero on the year this year. 0-11 on the road, which like, is I've heard. I've awful. heard plenty of people support Muller, say, like, keep him, which we're going to keep him because of his contract. But, like, this argument, keep Muller to let Muller go. And people who are saying, like – somebody told me the other day, is like, if you want Muller gone – who who would even replace him? Like, stop stop trying to make uh, this one losing season for Mueller like his the thing that defines him. But what I think defines him five road wins over the last three years. You don't do that in like in some of the. I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. I don't know where I was going with that, but I I don't understand even with that 2016 season. I mean, there's. They didn't come off well from that that really good season, but five road wins. Five that's road what wins. I think of. I think zero and eleven. I know Dan's good at home, but that's not showing this year. He's he's eight not five. even. They haven't really. Yeah, eight and five. They've only been I at home. I mean, they're not. He, they're not. This is this is worst team. I don't mean to say that offensively to the players. I know they're trying, but I mean zero road wins on the year. Just. And neutral court. That the zero and eleven does not include the three no, neutral court losses either. They should have won every one of those games at neutral court. Maybe Western Kentucky. 
Yeah, yeah. I think they that that Paradise Jam is the three neutral court games. They should have been Cincinnati Cincinnati and Grand Canyon. Fell to Western Kentucky in kind of decisive fashion. But what I think of when I think of Dan Muller's last at least two years is underperforming, and that five road wins really just kind of is the cherry on top of of it. They've never really been good on the road, but, I mean, this is just sad. It's sad for, like, it is. Like, as a basketball coach, like, I've never heard this spoken of within, like, from Dan Muller, but I'd assume it has to eat at him. You'd have to assume that. I mean, Dan is a competitive guy, but what what's changed? What are you doing to change the the outcomes, the mentality of the team, like the players you're bringing in? Like this is affecting recruiting just as much as like anything. Like you're te- the recruiter coming in. Oh, you have f- five road wins over the last three years, and I mean, oh, being being good at home. I mean that's a bonus, but. I mean, if you can't win, if you I, can't win on the road, you're not gonna have a successful year. I, and we're speaking too soon on this because it's not gonna happen for years to come. Muller's, uh, either Muller's, Muller's doomsday is Jake's calling it, but I don't think this program advances until Muller's gone, and not because like Muller isn't good at his job, but because he doesn't have the pieces, and this year should have been the rebuilding year. And if you want to rebuild, it shouldn't be with a coach that's been here for seven years. Dan Muller, ISU alum. I mean, he's loved by – he was loved by this fan base before this season. I mean, some people have turned their heads, but it's just – it's kind of – I don't see this getting turned around. Even with DJ Horn, who I think is going to be a good player, I don't see the pieces coming around. I don't know who's stepping up for Zach Copeland next year. Dedrick Boyd, maybe? Dedrick. Keith, Keith Fisher, maybe, but Keith Fisher has shown to be... Keith Fisher cannot shoot from shown outside. To, he has shown to not only that, but be severely undisciplined defensively and offensively. We're losing Hillsman. I don't know. Hillsman, I, they might Hillsman's be even worse. to step up, in, in my opinion, than Zach. Because you don't have well, a primary shooter with Zach on. Zach will take the shots. He's not afraid to take the shots. They're not always good shots. He has to force them sometimes, but he can make some of them. Yeah. DJ Horn can be your shot taker, but he's your he, point guard. Like yeah. that's not what and I just, can see Dedrick stepping up. Dedrick but I don't could. think Dan's gonna trust him. De- I, I feel like Dan has some sort of vendetta against him. I f- and he's injured he, right now. Yeah, he, he something happened with his knee. He's out for two to four weeks. He's more than likely gonna be out for, he's out for he's the out. Year, he's say. out for the year. Yeah, I don't know who steps up. Maybe DJ Horn. Antonio Reeves looks like someone that could, but to be honest, That's I think a small lineup too. It's a small lineup. Antonio Reeves just needs to get bigger. He could be he Antonio Reeves could be a star if he was not a twig, to be honest. He's so he's, small. He's kind of scrawny, but Abdu as well. Abdu, Abdu. Be, if it's just gotta be a trust. Dan can turn this around, but I I personally don't know if it's going to be turned around with him. Okay. Barring any late signings, what's ISU starting five next year? Because this year's done. Let's just get that out of the way. This year's pretty much done. They will hate to break it to any ISU fans. They're more than likely not going to win Thursday. And if they do win Thursday, they are not winning Friday. 
So t- five for next year. I'm DJ Horn, Keith Fisher, Antonio Reeves, Abdu, and Ray Adowu. I don't see Adowu getting the starting spot. Uh, Who can else? You say yours again. So DJ Horn, Keith Fisher, Abdu Indai, Antonio Reeves, and Ricky Torres. Or not Ricky Torres. Sorry, Ray Adowu. Maybe Matt Chastain if he's healthy next year. I mean, I'm trying to look at some of the recruits. Um, I agree Horn's going to be a starter. Reeves will be a starter. Fisher will be a starter. Fisher will be a starter. Uh, the uncertainty lies there. I would hope. I really hope to see Dedrick I, yeah. get in because I, <coughs> I just think Dedrick's kind of – That's still a very small lineup, though. It is very small, but – I want to see Abdu get in there. Yeah, I do too. And, I mean, Muller said Abdu's not playing the right way before. He he played more minutes uh, in last night's game than he did the previous three. I like Abdu. I mean, he can spread the floor. He's proven it. He, he took a three again last night. He didn't make it, but, he. I mean, he's improving. And probably that, that block he had, I, I don't like, remember like the exact. Right away? Like the one remember. that was like a minute into the game? Is that the one you're talking about? No, it was, oh. it was later, but it was a drive. Abdu missed the original like defensive press yeah. and somehow got around to just block it, not allowing a goal. And they still scored a three on the possession. But I mean, that's just I think that shows Abdu's drive and toughness. But I think he's gonna it's be too, good. Next way year. too early to tell. Yeah. I mean, ISU isn't necessarily known for immediately starting uh, recruits. Horn Reeves exceptions because they are playing well in a down year. But I mean. If you're Dan Muller in the team, you're not looking at next year's down year. So you're only looking to improve. Honestly, there is only improvement to be made because this is Dan Muller's worst season uh, at 8 and, what, 18, 19, 8 and 18, something like that. I know they have eight wins. 8 and 19, 3 and 12 in conference. This is worst season by far, and it's going to be regardless if they win out. Um, only things to improve upon. Yeah, so on that note, should we move on to women's basketball? Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk some women's basketball. Yeah, women's basketball also hitting a down note. Started the weekend off pretty pretty excitingly with a double overtime win fueled by Lexi Wallen, 86-85 over Loyola. Um, they were down 10 in the fourth quarter with only 39 seconds left, right? And then 36, Lex- but yeah. 36, Lexi Wallen scored 10 straight points, got them back in the game. I was um, I don't even know if it was only her because I think TT had a basket off a of steal there too that drove that drove them on a five point run. But Lexi had ten in those final thirty six and just which, well, that place was going nuts. 30, it was a down night because that that uh that Friday it was below zero yeah. at that point. I I don't know if I would have yeah they were, I, I had trouble yeah. starting my car after the game. Believe it or not, I did too. Actually, I I went there for a little bit. Uh, Salt, you're right. The f- Stands were pretty empty. But uh, uh, that place was loud for as little attendance as there was, which it was cold. I don't blame people. Yeah, and then and then Sunday, um, they really – ISU can't get their traction going against Valparaiso. Really just look out of sync and kind of slow the whole game. They started off terribly. Mary Crompton started off – Oh for 4. Oh for quarter. 4. A couple turnovers. Just didn't look like she was ready to play uh, – and then they kind of just couldn't recover after that really slow start and just fell 78-70. to 70. I mean... I know you have strong feelings about how ISU's been playing lately. 
they shouldn't they shouldn't have won that Loyola game. And Coach Gillespie's even said that like they shouldn't have won it, but they did. They they fought till the end and they did. But um <clears throat> incredible performance by Lexi Friday. Uh it was on, it was probably the best performance I've seen since being a reporter here at ISU just by an individual player. Very great performance watching the ten points go up in the final thirty six seconds of that fourth quarter and she drained the three to send the game to overtime. Like I mean I I just and I know we comment on this way too much, but the transition from volleyball player to basketball player, like Seamless. this, this woman is so talented, and it is insane that she's even here at ISU. And I, I just had to comment on that on that because it was it was just really incredible because her stat line was ten for fifteen from the field, um, and thirteen for fourteen from the free throw line. She came up as clutch as she could have, but um. They've won three of their last eight. Yeah, that's. And it's not, I, I have, com- I've been back in this team all season long because I, I see, I still see something. But TT is in a horrible, horrible cold streak right now. She's twenty eight for seventy five in the last five games. I believe it might have been twenty one to seventy five, but it's twenty eight percent. Regardless, I remember the percentage. Yeah, and Mary Crompton is like three for twenty-two over the last three. And, and you just can't have that. Primary from, yeah, you can't team. have that from your two best shooters. It's just you. While you do have Juju Redmond and you do have Lexi Wallen still being productive, if your two best shooters aren't gonna make shots and play good defense, what they're not helping you at all, and that's what they've been doing lately. And they their bench isn't necessarily deep. They no. they have players that can step in and play for the brief moments that the players can catch their breath, but TT is the driving force of this team. I still think she's, I mean, one of the best uh, guards in the Missouri Valley Conference, even through this cold streak. But I mean, worst time to get cold, and I mean, Coach Gillespie's <coughs> sticking behind him. I mean, as as we know, she would because she really good coach. Yeah, Gillespie. I would agree. It's just unfortunate because Lexi's I, – I, I was saying this the other day, and I'm sure it's been used before, but Lexi Ballin. I, you, that made you laugh. You liked that one uh, earlier this week. But uh, she, she's coming through. She's playing the right way. She's, she's doing the right things. And even on that note, Julian Redmond's getting hot at the right time. Imagine – if TT wasn't as cold as she was with Redmond and with Wallen, which uh, I'm just throwing this out there, but uh, Julian Redmond definitely got snubbed for MVC oh, Newcomer snubbed. of the Week this snubbed. week. But, I mean, one in the past Two three, double-doubles over the weekend and you didn't give it to her? Lexi might have been snubbed for uh, uh, Player of the Week, but probably. that might just be a little bit of bias. Who knows? I don't know. I didn't I watch could, the rest of the Valley games, but looking at the stats, I Juju, could have seen Lexi. Looking at the yeah. stats, Juju, I and think Juju. should have taken the MVC newcomer once again. But um, Coach Gillespie gave this quote after the game, and I think it hit uh, well. Uh, there, and I quote: "There's going to be peaks and there's going to be valleys. Uh, we can try to be as consistent as possible. And the great thing about Mary is there's not a kid that works hard harder. And she said Mary Crompton's going to be fine." Um, I trust Gillespie, but what sticks out to me, she she's a freshman. She's not supposed to be perfect, but she's not playing up to the point of being a starter. And I don't know. I mean, we don't get the access to practice. 
I'm sorry. I'm starting to wheeze again. Who knows? But uh, there's got to be somebody else on that bench that's going to be able I to don't, play better. Who, though? Uh, who, Kenneth who? Sims. I don't know. They got Cameron Call playing some games. Lexi Kadelka can come in and bring in a bigger lineup. I know that's not what they want because they're playing a small lineup that's fast. But I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of in the boat. Just let Mary move Juju to the starting line. Yeah. Off okay. The bench, but Agreed. I mean, Agreed. I think Juju's a great leader off the bench. She really is. She I she leads that second team. But very if you're well. going to depend so much on Mary Crompton's broken shot that is going up right now, I'm just. I, I, I'm starting to turn my head on this turnaround. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Both Mary and TT will have to make a quick turnaround, and especially because TT and Lexi are both seniors. Yes, yes, because they could be missing their opportunity here if they don't make a quick run. They need to. Yeah. So let's touch on some baseball and some softball real quick. Baseball opened the weekend last weekend with. Two and our one and two start lost six nothing to Little Rock in the opening day, and then gave up three runs in the ninth inning on Saturday to lose seven to six. That game was just not not what they wanted. They um, led for a good part. Their offense looked good. They grabbed three in the seventh to to really pull themselves ahead, but then Jacob Gilmore just wasn't able to tie it down with the save. But they were able to get back into the win column um, on Sunday with a 4-2 win. They scored three runs in the ninth, um, capitalized on an error, got an insurance run off an error, um, able to escape with a win. Then they move on to Oklahoma. This will be a tough test. Four games against number 23 Oklahoma starting on Friday with a doubleheader on Saturday and then with the final game at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Um, ISU definitely needs to get a win to uh, – I would say it's basically the same situation last year. They opened the season get some tough opponents. If they could walk away with a win or two, I'm sure Steve Holm will be happy. Um, I'm confident in them. Maybe not winning because it is a tough opponent in Oklahoma, but uh, bouncing back and playing some competitive days. I think your goal is to split the weekend. I think your goal is to split the weekend, but don't be mad if you lose three games but play most of them competitively. Because yeah. I mean, it's a loss it's, if you come yeah. out of here with zero wins. I know they're 20, yeah. number twenty-three ranked, but you ha- at least games. get one win. Four at games. least get one that's win. The, that's the Two preferably. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, and then softball back in action at the FAU Strikeout Cancer Tournament against Long Island, Hofstra, North Florida, Florida Atlantic, and Long Island. That will start on Friday and conclude on Sunday. That comes after uh, kind of a down weekend for the Redbirds. Uh, they started the weekend last weekend against Boise State with the 12-day win. And then their bats went cold. The next three games they scored just one run, um, losing to number 23 Arizona State, Boise State, and Kentucky, number 10 Kentucky. 3-7 and seven on the year, man. They're in last place in the Missouri Valley. They're not looking so good so point. far. But Melinda Fisher, I mean, keep pointing this out, five, five wins away from – 1,100. So yeah. she could achieve that this weekend if they she could sweep the weekend. I don't think they will, but she could. They did beat uh, Detroit Mercy, though, 11-5 to on the weekend to cap off just a whatever weekend, basically. Kind of, man, they need to really uh, get some wins this weekend. I'm not really good like – Good opportunity. Yeah, good opportunity. I'm not overly impressed by – like none of the names like jump out and say, there's no way you can win these. I think you should be in every single game. 
um, at least at least fighting. And then a couple last things before we go. Um, track is competing at the Alex Wilson Invitational in South Bend, Indiana. Um, don't they have two tournaments this weekend? I think they have three. They have three. Two on Friday, one on Saturday. Which it's it's a busy weekend for track. Busy weekend, yeah. Men's and tennis, women. Uh, excuse me, women's and men's tennis is also in action. Uh, men's basketball versus Drake and women's basketball versus versus Drake tonight. You and I tonight. You and I tonight, Drake. Drake yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got anything else first, Vogel? I'll try to be at a hundred percent next week. You you troop through even though you're wheezing situation. I'm not um, like wheezing <coughs> like how you guys are gonna think of wheezing. I'm just I'm a little short on breath, trying to build it back up. Hurt uh, his back a little bit. Hurt just a little bit. I doctor recommended bed rest. I'm powering through for you guys. Wrap well, us up. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we got on this edition of the Red Bear Report. Um, be sure to keep updated on all things ISU athletics at vedetteonline.com and follow our Twitter page at the Vedette Sports, the Vedette underscore sports, excuse me. Um, yeah, stay hoppers. Mm-hmm.